Hello, and welcome to The Every Current. I'm your host, Samantha Gilman, and today we will be talking about 24-7 carbon-free energy. Now, as many of us know, some large companies from Starbucks to eBay have pledged 100% renewable energy targets to offset their greenhouse gas emissions from their electricity use. However, recently, several large companies from Google, Microsoft, and others have started procuring something called carbon-free energy that is more closely matches their corporate hourly electricity load on a 24-7 hourly basis. This is known as 24-7 carbon-free energy. Today, I'm joined by two guests. First, EPRI's Aaron Kay from our Energy Systems and Climate Analysis Group and from Iron Mountain, Chris Pennington, the Director of Energy and Sustainability. Thank you both for joining me. And why don't we hear a little bit from you two about what you do at your respective companies? So Aaron, tell us a little bit about what you do at Ebry. Sure. Hi, Smitha. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here to talk about the emerging topic of 24-7 CFE. But before we dig into that, Part of the reason why this was so interesting at the Institute is because of its intersectionality. And I got pulled in as a greenhouse gas emissions accountant sitting in our energy systems and climate analysis group, as you already said, to think about the implications for accounting, tracking, and matching of 24-7 CFE, which fits really nicely into our suite of work on related topics like scope three emissions, understanding greenhouse gas emissions accounting for the power sector and other such work. Great. And Chris, tell us a little bit about Iron Mountain and what you do there. Yeah, thanks. This is a great topic. So thanks for the invite to come talk about it today. So I lead up energy and sustainability for Iron Mountain data centers. And really what that means is that I have responsibility for how we procure the energy for our data centers globally and how that intersects in with our mission to deliver a sustainable digital future. Now, data centers come a lot of flavors. People may not be aware of kind of how they work, but but our data centers are oftentimes known as co-location data centers, where we construct the building, make it highly secure, richly connected to the internet, and with robust power systems. And companies of all sectors lease space inside our building for their critical uh, infrastructure servers that run their business. So in this model, we are their energy supply chain. And that's going to be a really important aspect of, of kind of talking about why we're approaching 24-7, why it's important to us. So to get us started talking about 24-7 CFE, I did give a brief description of what it is, but I'm sure there's much more to it. So Aaron, can you help educate our listeners about what 24-7 CFE is? Happily. 24-7 CFE really encompasses two key components. The 24-7 piece is about hourly match. So usually we think about our energy procurement on an annual basis. This is really digging into the granularity of hourly consumption, which is a huge divergence from how we used to think about energy procurement within our system in the United States. The second piece is carbon-free energy, which unsurprisingly, we haven't defined as a sector. 
So some folks think about carbon-free energy as your usual suspects, wind and solar, sometimes including hydro and nuclear. Others go as far as including some fossil fuels combined with carbon capture and storage, or CCS. So figuring out what a mix of carbon-free energy really means is actually subject to the buyer. So the the organization that is purchasing the power. And one of the bigger buyers in the United States that's thinking about this is actually our federal government. And so within their definition of 24-7 carbon-free energy, they focus on three pillars. First, the idea of hourly matching, right? Second, the piece of whether or not it is new or existing assets. And so for them, they count existing assets, which means they can include things like nuclear. And the third piece is locally sourced. So the idea that the generation being purchased, that power is sourced within the same regional grid as the facility that is consuming the power. Interesting. I did not realize that it was there was a regional aspect to it. So thank you for educating me and our listeners on that. Uh, Chris, from the point of view of Iron Mountain, why is it important for companies like yours to look at and use 24-7 CFE? And why did you set that goal? Yeah, thanks. I think in a word, it would be our customers and a focus on our customers and helping them achieve their environmental goals. In that model that I described earlier, where it's it's our facility, we're securing the power for the site and distributing it to customers as they need it. We need to be delivering them clean power solutions that are helping them achieve the goals that they're going to set in the future for decarbonizing and not be a friction point for achieving those future goals. So the the important point here is that companies that operate their servers inside our data centers recognize the energy footprint of their servers as their own scope to footprint. So our role as an energy supply chain now becomes very critical in helping them achieve their environmental goals. And I think that the concept of, of 24-7 CFE is really um, the future of where impactful energy procurement is going to head. We've been in kind of uh, chapter one of the journey where support for clean energy using kind of national recs at any time of day has been very positive and it's helped build out a tremendous amount of clean energy onto grids all around the world. Now we're entering chapter two and we're recognizing that it really matters where and when clean energy goes onto the grid and how we consume that energy. So the ability for, for us to, to collectively say, oh, well, I, I purchased as much clean energy in a year as what I used in a year was a great place to start. But ultimately, that's not going to help us get to even more progress for decarbonizing our grids completely, which is what we really do need to do. Something you mentioned made me think of a paper that we recently released that I was just looking at about onshoring is for quite some time, uh, we offshored much of our manufacturing. And as we see companies bringing that manufacturing back onshore to the U.S., but also the emergence of data centers, there is going to be a real uptick in load in our grid. And so companies looking at this 24-7 carbon-free energy 
it seems to me that this is a crucial time for that. I don't know if either of you have some perspective you want to uh, share with our listeners on sort of that aspect of this. I'll jump in there real quick because I, I, I do see that we do see this like every day. Uh, if, you, if you really kind of take a step back and think about how over just really the last 10, 15 years, so much of our daily lives has moved from an analog format to a digital format. And that's driven this tremendous increase in, in data, of course, and data lives in data centers. And so we're at the epicenter of seeing this immense digital transformation that's going to continue. You know, we're, we're no longer they're turning the dial on the, on the phone, you know, we're, we're pressing buttons. There's no wire attached. It's all digitized. And so the, the digital transformation is going to continue. And what we see now is that it's going to be enhanced through artificial intelligence in many applications across the board. And that by itself will, will just kind of drive the need for data up. And, and, you know, the need for data is synonymous with the need for energy. So it, it, we're on a journey of digital transformation across all sectors, like every, nearly every business that I can think of has a growing digital footprint. That growing digital footprint lives in data centers. Data centers are ideally positioned to help decarbonize that piece of every company's environmental performance. And to pile on here to respond to the first part of what Samantha was saying, which I find to be equally as fascinating because at the Institute, we actually get to work with global stakeholders. So we get to think about what does this mean for semiconductors in Taiwan as Google and the other big, big consumers mandate that down their supply chain, things are produced with green power. And so it's taking that step beyond of just thinking, how do I power my own infrastructure, but also what do the policies that I put in place now as a company how do those impact further down my supply chain? And then in response to that, we're seeing countries like Taiwan get really interested in this concept of 24-7 carbon-free energy as a means of accounting, tracking, and verifying the consumption of clean power within their manufacturing system. Speaking of energy procurement, Chris, tell us how is Iron Mountain's 24-7 CFE procurement strategy similar to or different from other strategies being pursued by these large commercial and industrial customers? It's still early days in the energy procurement space regarding 24 by 7. Google really pioneered the concept and built a framework for us all to think about as in terms of how we go about executing on this. And we adopted that framework chapter and verse uh, in 2021. So we've been on the journey for a while now. And Aaron, you know, very succinctly mentioned like some of the key pillars of it. It has to be uh, local. It has to be time tracked. It has to be aligned with our consumption. So for us in, in the very early days of this, a year ago, when there was very limited resources, we struggled to get our hands around the data to know, okay, how much do we actually consume on an hourly basis? How much is being generated? How do these things fit and overlap? The good news is today, there's actually an ecosystem of providers that are making this easy, quite honestly. So there are providers that can help take your hourly consumption, help you find access to clean power contracts that generate in a way that starts to approximate how you consume. 
And then you can start to identify, okay, where are the gaps? Do I change my consumption patterns to better line up with clean energy? Is that possible? How does storage maybe play in? So the, it, it starts with having good data on how you consume energy and, and the resources that are available to generate carbon-free energy, and then um, using that data to make new decisions. When we made the decision to pursue 24-7, it fundamentally changed the discussions that we have with our electric suppliers, our retailers, the whole, the whole network that supports us. And that was the important first step. And, and consistently the question came up, okay, well, how do you do that? And, and we didn't always know, we still don't know how to get to 24 seven every hour of every day of the year with confidence yet, but we are making tremendous progress. We're figuring out where the gaps are. We have the data and, and that, that will help drive more and more hourly matching, more and more decarbonizing over time. So given the feedback you two have had about this recent evolution of 24-7 CFE, larger corporations, companies moving in that direction, Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about how EPRI is supporting this effort and our recent research efforts on that front? Yeah, of course. So at the Institute, we like to think about how we can bring technical rigor to any conversation center, which we started about a year and a half ago when we wrote a white paper on 24-7 carbon-free energy. The intent of the white paper was to level set on the topic. What is happening in the conversation? How do people define the terms? What kinds of technical instruments are people using to account and track? And where are big gaps? In June 2023, we were excited to launch the 24-7 Carbon-Free Energy Interest Group, where we have over 60 members representing 25 companies, both domestically and internationally. And there, what we are working to do is identify the biggest barriers and opportunities for power companies as they seek to implement or develop out strategies to meet 24-7 carbon-free energy demands. Part of those considerations include some things that Chris and I have already mentioned, data, accounting, tracking, matching, the concept of additionality, right? Are you building out additional resources or are you counting existing resources? How do you plan for 24-7 in your IRP process? But also some things like power supply agreements? How would you actually word a contract like this? And we're also interested in measuring impact. So what scores or other metrics are out there? And how do we think about 24-7 in the context of emissionality? You two have provided a lot of great information for our listeners. But I want to give you an opportunity in case you have any final thoughts that you want to make sure our listeners take away so, Chris, any final thoughts for our listeners? You know, I would just encourage for energy buyers in the audience to really strongly uh, consider adopting this goal. It's becoming easier than ever through the ecosystem providers out there supporting companies seeking to truly decarbonize their energy consumption. And uh, I think over time, it actually drives real business value by actually reducing the cost of power. So it, I go 24-7. I would add that this is an all hands on deck effort is as we think about it at the Institute, we've pulled in our subject matter experts on markets and integrated systems modeling, 
on planning, on procurement, on low carbon resources and storage. And projects like this are something that first I love working on because they're big challenges, but also really have the potential to move the needle on something that is innovative and beneficial for our decarbonization pathways. So with that, I would say if you're interested in this topic, look it up, read a little, get involved. And as always, keep thinking critically. Wonderful. Well, Chris, Aaron, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to join me today on the EPRI Current to discuss 24-7 carbon-free energy. And to our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And we will see you on the next episode of the EPRI Current. If you like today's show, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast and feel free to share the podcast with your colleagues and friends. For more information about EPRI, please visit our website at www.epri.com. And don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter at EPRI News. Together, we are shaping the future of energy. Thank you.